Welcome back to the 18th Century Podcast. I am your host, CJ. In today's episode, we'll be taking a look at the life of Archduchess Maria Theresa. She was involved in one of the key conflicts of the 18th century, the War of Austrian Secession. If you'd like to read the script for this episode and its citations, go to 18thcentury.home.blog. That's 18thcentury.home.blog. Type the numbers, don't spell them. Let's begin this episode by taking a look at her early life before she gained the crown. Archduchess Maria Theresa was born on May 13, 1717, in Vienna. She was the eldest daughter of the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles VI of the Habsburg dynasty, and his wife, Elizabeth Christine of Brunswick-Wolfenbüttel. Wolfenbüttel? My apologies to any German listeners. I am not sure how to pronounce that part of where she was from. Uh, Continuing onwards. I have to provide a little context a few years before Maria's birth. Under the law of the time, only male heirs could assume the throne. Charles was concerned that he wouldn't have a male heir, though. So, in 1713, he issued the Pragmatic Sanction, which would allow his eldest daughter to assume the throne, if he could not provide a male heir. He would produce a male heir, but tragically, the uh, heir would die an infant in 1716. When the Pragmatic Sanction was issued, most of the monarchs under Charles um, accepted it. Maria's education was typical for that of a noblewoman during the time. However, she was not taught about the matters of statecraft. In 1736, Maria would marry. The circumstances around her marriage were a bit unusual for the time. Charles VI's advisor, Prince Eugene of Savoy, recommended that he should have his daughter married off to someone who held great power, like a prince of great means who had a lot of land, great political union. This would be conventional wisdom of the time. Instead, Charles chose to let his daughter marry someone she loved. Maria had fallen for a French duke by the name of Francis Stephan of Lorraine. They would marry in 1736. For the French, this was a problem, though. If one of their dukes married into the Habsburg line, the Habsburgs would have a claim over French territory. So, to appease the French monarchy, Duke Francis traded his territory for the province of Tuscany. At this time, Tuscany was considered to be of lesser value. What is truly remarkable is how many children the new royal couple would produce throughout their lives. Maria would have, uh, would give birth to 16 children. Ten of them would survive to adulthood. They had five sons and 11 daughters, and one of those daughters was Marie Antoinette. Then, in 1740, Charles VI would die, and the crown would pass to Maria. The War of Austrian Secession was about to begin. On October 20th, 1740, Charles VI died. At the age of 23, Maria Theresa would ascend the throne, becoming the Empress of the Holy Roman Empire and Archduchess of Austria. 
What she inherited was a terrible situation. She had no training in running the government, the treasury was practically empty, their army was weak, and the capital was seeded with unrest. But, to her benefit, the uh, duchies of Austria, Bohemia, Netherlands, and Hungary accepted her as their empress. One of the first major challenges Maria faced was when Frederick the Great invaded Silesia by December. Then, the French and Bavarians invaded her to the west. Her main focus for most of the War of Austrian Secession would be on the Prussians as they were the greater threat. But she could not ignore being invaded from two fronts. France, Bavaria, Saxony, and Spain supported a challenger to Maria's throne, Charles Albert, Elector of Bavaria. Frederick the Great overtook Silesia in April of 1741. Maria's main supporter in the war was the British. Though she had initial failures, there were some successes to come even though Frederick would hold on to Silesia. During July of 1742, she drove off the French and the Bavarians from Bohemia. She went right into Bavarian territory. Her allies would defeat the French in 1743 at the Battle of Dedingen. I believe that I am pronouncing that correctly, Dedingen, in Bavaria. In September of the same year, Savoy would join Maria's uh, side along with the British, the Hanoverian, Hanoverians and Hessians. The French would withdraw to their borders. Fortune would go more in Maria's favor in January of 1745 when her uh, Bavarian challenger, Charles Albert, died. Albert's son had little interest in continuing the conflict. He would give his support to Maria's husband if Bavarian lands were returned. This would be uh, made official in December with the Treaty of Dresden when the uh, sorry when the Treaty of Dresden was signed. The imperial crown would pass to her husband as law uh, prevented women from taking it. Though this wouldn't be the complete end of the war. Fighting between her other foes continued until 1748. In October of 1748, the Treaty of Aix-la-Chapelle uh, was signed. This treaty granted Prussia the right to keep Silesia. It had uh, Maria cede three territories to the second son of the King of Spain, but in exchange for her Netherlands territory, which was being held by France. It wasn't the best situation for Maria by the end of the war, and it didn't help that she never uh, had got a general that was up to the job. It wasn't her proudest moment, but the war was over. Now, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at Maria's de domestic policy and her later life. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Maria's domestic policy was good and bad in some respects. It really honestly depends upon your own personal view, I suppose. 
Uh, because of the War of Austrian Secession, she would increase her army size by about 200%, and she also increased taxes. She combined the Austrian and Bohemian chancelleries into uh, one centralized um, body. Uh, Maria would also go on to create a supreme court to uphold justice within her territory. Maria was also a devout Catholic, and she had a uh, distasteful view of Protestants. In 1741, she also kicked out the Jews from Prague. She was very conservative in her religious attitude. Uh, two academies would be established under her rule, first being the uh, Theresian Military Academy in 1752, and in 1754, she established an academy for engineering and science. She would also increase funding to uh, go to the University of Vienna for medical research. She spent years fortifying her army and was preparing for, to attack Prussia in 1756. What she didn't expect was for Prussia to attack first. Frederick the Great would invade Saxony and make the first move, which would uh, begin the Seven Years' War. The war would conclude in 1763 when Maria signed a treaty, the Treaty of Herbertus. I cannot speak German. Herbertusburg? 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 I, I just cannot speak German. My apologies again. Uh, recognizing Prussia's control over most of Silesia. Tragedy would strike in 1765 when her husband perished. She truly loved her husband and grieved over his death for a prolonged period. Upon his death, she appointed her eldest son, Joseph II, as co-regent and as emperor. They didn't see eye-to-eye eye having conflicting views on running the state. She viewed her son's youth and inexperience as being rash. Joseph II flirted with um, Enlightenment ideas which were more in accordance with her rival, Frederick the Great. She would have his powers limited for the time being. After the death of her husband, she would implement a new penal code to substitute local laws and make the law more standardized across the state. She wanted to centralize control more than she already had, even from the church, even though she was devout in her belief. The church would become less involved in secular matters. She would implement censorship among the populace, and laid the groundwork for compulsory education for primary students. Though she continually disagreed with her son, she did allow him to make reforms in the army. In 1767, the Archduchess became infected with smallpox. Smallpox had been making the rounds around the royal family in the 1760s. Maria was nearly on death's door. She was uh, given her last rites, but then recovered. After her recovery, she became a vapid supporter of inoculation. She would uh, set an example for her subjects by making her children get inoculated, which inoculation was, from what I remember reading, is kind of like an early form of vaccination. 
not exactly the same. Um, I might do an episode on 18th century medicine. Remind me, guys, about that one. I'm going to keep add that to the list. Anyways, uh, back to the episode. Where was I? Uh, yep, she made her uh, children get inoculated. In her later years, she uh, focused more on reforming the law. For example, in 1771, Joseph II and herself issued the uh, uh, robot patent. Robot? Hmm. Robot patent, which created regulation uh, for the pay of serfs. She would also go on to abolish witch burning, torture, and the death penalty, though it should be noted that the death penalty was later reestablished. In 1772, she spoke out against the first partition of Poland, viewing it as immoral. In 1774, her plans for compulsory education came into fruition. She also had a strict policy around decency. She set up a police force designed to enforce her decency policy. This police force was mainly centered in Vienna, and one class of people they would arrest were prostitutes, for example. These women would be uh, sent off to small eastern villages. Some writers of the time noted, quote, exceptionally beautiful women, unquote, lived in these tiny villages. Maria would become physically plumper as she grew older. Her health uh, would waver, and in 1780, Archduchess Maria Theresa would meet her end in Vienna. In the 650-year rule of the Habsburg dynasty, she was the only woman who ruled. Archduchess Maria Theresa was an interesting historical figure to research. What I learned about her is not exactly what I expected to find. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The script and citations for this episode and all other episodes can be found at 18thcentury.home. Dot blog. That's 18thcentury.home.blog. Type the numbers, don't spell them. If you'd like to support the show, uh, please share it and leave a review. I've been your host, CJ, and thank you for listening to this episode of the 18th Century Podcast. <laughs>